And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Drop Set. This is episode 191. I am your host, Darren Starr, joining you here from uh, somewhat sunny Knoxville, Tennessee. I have with me today's guest, IFBB Pro, Janine Lankowski. How are you doing, Janine? I'm good. Yourself? Uh, I can't complain. Well, as I often say, I can, but nobody gives a shit. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm the same way. Like nobody gives a shit at the end of the day. Nope. Nope. So as you mentioned before we started rolling here, you are 20-ish days out from the Olympia. Yeah. Um, I compete uh, the October, I think it's like the 8th or 9th. And, uh, it's a Friday. It's a, Okay. It's a Friday. All the days kind of blend together after you've been like back-to-back shows and then three weeks in between, you, everything just kind of. Well, yeah, there's that. And then also like the Olympia is like, you know, it's this like sprawling, like, what is it? Four or five days. So it's like, what day am I competing on? Who knows? Yeah. I had to really double check because I believe last year we competed on Saturday with the men. So, and then this year we're doing Friday. So it's like, they can, they flip it. And, you know, I'm just totally grateful uh, to have qualified with the highest points for this year uh, going into the Olympia. So I'm very grateful and um, totally excited to be back on that stage. Cool. Cool. Does it ever throw you off when a show is not on a Saturday? You're like, okay, hold on. It's a Friday show. I've got to start my peak week routine a day earlier this time. Um, it, it sometimes does actually, but I always try to be prepared. Like if I am on Saturday or, or um, a, sometimes you're a Sunday, depending on where you're competing. Right. So <laughs> as long as you kind of know, and you're, I don't even call it a peak week. I just kind of glide right through. I, yeah. don't, I don't give it a label. Like, when I was a rookie, I did because it was a big deal. Like, oh my God, it's peak week. You got it, like, blah, 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 blah. But really, you should be ready before that peak week, right? Yeah. <laughs> you I, be, I always think if you're just co- coasting in to the show is really what you want to do. So, I always think if you need a big peak week, you're probably screwed before you even start. Oh, you're fucked no matter what. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and you also, know, you might as well not even go to the show if you're not, if you're not ready. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that, that raises a good question here, actually. So it, it's good for people to get a little bit of perspective. Now, I don't expect uh, an exact number here unless you're some kind of a savant. You just know it off the top of your head. How many shows have you done? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought that was the answer. That, that's a hard answer. That's a hard one. So I've been competing since 20, 2000. I only okay. took one year off in 2018. One year off? That's it? That's it. I had surgery. Um, in 2018 to reconstruct my elbow and my tricep in 20, 2017, I had a, to- a tear in my tricep doing mm. an incline press and snapped my arm. And I Ooh. still completed that whole system, that whole season, because as a pro, when you put your contract in, you're in. Right. And I didn't have a doctor or anything. So I just did my own, whatever I could and changed up my training and, and still did well. Like I went to worlds and everything in 2017 and, and placed in the top five in, in my normal shows and um like i did good because i had an invitation to the rising phoenix world championship mm-hmm. that one there i've done 2017 19 20 and 21 so i've done the- four rising phoenix world championships out of seven okay i was gonna say it hasn't been around too much longer than that so you said there's there's been seven of those there's been seven like this year was the seventh anniversary so that was pretty exciting as well yeah. And so how, how did that, I'm a little hazy on the history there. How did that come about? Did they, did they start that when they dropped bodybuilding from the Olympia and then they brought that in as kind of like a substitute for it? Yeah. So Jake Woods actually um, is 
as you know, the president of, of um, the, Olympia. the Olympia. Also, yeah. he's the owner of the Wings of Strength. And he's a big promoter and uh, loves female bodybuilding. And so he kept our sport alive, connected with a couple of the promoters. And that's how it came about. Because we got pulled out of the Arnold's. We got pulled out of the Olympia. So we really didn't have a platform. We just had shows. But then after that show, we didn't have anything to go to after. You know, like mm. you're competing and we don't have that big finale of the season right like the men do so it's like going through the nfl season without the playoffs exactly it's kind of like okay now what you know like you reach that high goal and then you had a crash so we were kind of all you know not sure what was going on and then jake brought this in uh seven years ago and it's it's now in place of um the arnold classic okay so it's an it's an invitational you actually have to write a letter and submit it They'll post it when letters are coming out and you have to apply and and explain why you'd be good to be on that stage and yada, yada, yada. Right. So, and then you get told when you, you know, when they pick the list, then you get an email, like all that kind of stuff. It's all, everything's very professional and very chop, 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 you know, it's like, this is how it is, Um, (laughs) which is really fantastic because you, you want that. Like, I think it's a lot better, you know, fill out the thing. If you get chosen, then, you know, you're eligible to be on that stage. How, or how far in advance do you, do you find out that you're eligible? Um, I believe we put it out. We put it out in March. And I think we, I think we found out right before the New York pro or a little bit after the New York pro this year. So, April, okay. so okay. March to April, I think. So it's not like you find out six weeks before you're like, Oh shit, no. I got six weeks. I got to get ready. <laughs> no, they always, because they, they want, they want us to look good on stage. Like sure. they want quality athletes. I mean, you're, you're stepping on the world stage. It's still an international stage, just like the Olympia. So we, we need to look like we're supposed to look. Yeah. You know? They don't want us coming and looking, looking horrible. Like what? You didn't even do anything, but you ate a cheeseburger before stepping on stage. You know, well, like one, one thing, and you, you probably know this from your amateur days as well. Like the, the NPC in particular, like there's a lot of things that are really kind of haphazardly run in the NPC. So I think if you had a show like that, that was an invitational in the NPC, something like that, like the potential for that being a shit show is pretty high. So it's good to hear that up in the, at the higher level in the IFBB with wings of strength being an invitational show that they've got their act together. I, I like yeah. hearing that that gives me a lot of confidence yeah all their shows all their shows not just wings of strength like every show that they put on is totally put together properly mm-hmm. it's done properly they treat the athletes amateur and pros very well cool. like they are about the athletes and originally i'm from canada right so i'm from the cbbf the canadian mm-hmm. bodybuilding federation and opa now it is that now it is the um npc up in canada and all over the world so it was when i started it was levels it was level one two, three, four was nationals, five was pro. Okay. We had to qualify. So it was a hell of a lot harder to turn pro than it is nowadays. Honestly. Yeah. Because well, now that. like in the, in the NPC, it's either like, you know, it, it's a show or it's a national show. And like yeah. some of your little shows, some of them, I guess, aren't national qualifiers, but almost all of them are. So there aren't really any levels or tiers. Yeah. And I think tiers and levels should come back because that brings a good quality of athletes in. That yeah. means you're bringing in athletes that actually really want to do it or, try and make it as a, as a career. And it gives, it gives a, but I also have a business on top of it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It gives a competitor a a bit more guidance and a path as well. Mm -hmm. Cause right now when I'm helping the client figure out a show, it's like, well, it really doesn't matter. It's like, when is it? And where is it? Everything else is a variable. Nobody cares. It's just, it's a show. It's a national qualifier. Who cares? Do it. 
Yeah. And so like before we had like where I'm from, we had provincials. Provincials was a big show. If you won that, which I did win that in 20, 2004, I won the whole show. That So that gave me a lifetime buy for nationals. Oh, nice. So if I didn't place well at nationals one year and I, for the longest time, I would place top three, top four. Um, that also gave me the rights to come down to the United States and compete at the North Americans. Oh, cool. Okay. A letter from the president of the organ of the Canadian bodybuilding federation back then. Mm-hmm. So I was able to travel back and forth and compete in between Canada and the United States with nice. a letter. Right. So you had to be, you know, in good standing and represent the sport well in the country, all that kind of stuff. Um, what part of Canada were you from? Ontario. Okay. The biggest, the biggest province in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You so know, kind, of, kind of just a hop, skip and a jump down to North Americans then. Yeah. I, I, would, I drove every time. Yeah. It's not like you got to make the trek to Vegas or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And so we were never allowed to go to that one. We were only allowed the North Americans or the right. Indian Cup back then. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now it's, it's a totally different animal now. It's much I more open. To, I actually have to look stuff up sometimes when I'm working with international athletes just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Well, and to know, make sure nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, because things change like so fast or I'll just actually just call up the the president of whatever and just talk to them because they know me. So it's just like, hey, I just want to confirm this and this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a lot of the times those things change and they kind of fly under the radar. They're not like yeah. huge press release. Everybody be aware of this. It's like, no, we're just changing that. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of like I usually just go right to the horse's mouth. I'm one of those coaches that is I'm going to hit them up and just ask, ask them directly as to what's going on with, you know, with what was going on with COVID or what had yeah. different rulings. Like there's so many different rulings. They could compete one show. I think it was like last weekend in Canada and then turn around and do the national. Like it was like, boom, boom, like for the same <laughs> weekend. It was just like so bizarre. Do one show and you get another show. Man. So it's just kind of like to get the numbers back up. <clears throat> right. So right. it's, it's, um, I have to say it's a very interesting sport, but I really think that tier system should come back. Because it gives it gives up and coming athletes, you know, a chance and to start somewhere. You can't mm-hmm. just jump right into a, a national qualifier, and a novice show just a novice show just doesn't give them enough experience. You can't yeah. go from novice to open, you know, novice to open to to a, a national qualifier. It, it's the thing so is they, overwhelming. They, they put and, the tiers all in the same show with a novice it, category, a, yeah. a, you know, open, et cetera. But um, like it's too, it's too overwhelming for a lot of people. And then they want to jump and do a lot of stuff. And then I see coaches that want to have these big teams and get all these trophies, but you're not helping the athlete. That's just for the coach's ego. You know, it's just like <laughs> ego. You know, it's if it's not ego lifting in the gym, it's ego coaching, you know, and it's, it's I hate to say it like that, but that's true. It's absolutely true. You see that a lot. Person. I'm straight, straight out of the game. No filters 90 percent of the time. Good. But um, but yeah, so I it's there, some some people are not for the athletes. I'm about for the people and I'm about, you know, keeping them healthy, but also letting them have a good experience because I want them to know what it's really like so mm-hmm. that they can make that decision later. Like if they do a novice and they say, Hey, well, I really like that. Maybe like, I want to try another show, but coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it gives them that more push. If you go novice and then do an open and then do a, another category, right. All in one show, you can't tell the difference between one to the other. You're a no. novice athlete, stay a novice, do that show as a novice. Now the next show, let's move up to an open category. Yeah. Earn, earn your way out of it. Earn your way. And I yeah. think what's happened now is people think that they're entitled I'm entitled to do this. Well, yes and no. You, you can. You have, to, you have to earn your way up to get the respect for the judges and to get your respect on the stage. Because if you come in looking the same way all the time, 
I'm going to just go like shit. Per se. Um, you're not going to get shooter folks. You're just, just going to kind of be like, Oh, they're here. They are again. They're trying to get another trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to pad the mantle. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, either do it, for, you do it because you want to and because you love it and you'll figure out a way how to, how to be the best you can. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are missing that. It's, it's about the mindset. It's about being focused, having a goal and going after it. And a lot of people just think it's handed to me because of who I work with or what have you or my genetics. Yeah, I have good, I'll be straight. I have good genetics, but I still work my fucking ass off every day. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to, I mean, if, if you're going to do well at a pro level, you can't just say it's all hard work. Like there's a certain amount of genetics that have to go in with that, but mm-hmm. you've got to put the work in too. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. how many great physiques, great genetic, genetically gifted people have we seen that piss it away because the work ethic isn't there? Yeah. And I've seen it many times. It's kind of like in, a, in the music business, one hit wonder, they have one song and then all of a sudden they're freaking gone. You're like, yeah. where the hell did that band go? Yeah. And then they come out of hibernation. You're like, oh, you had one hit and you're back again to tour. Really? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see, I don't want to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really important for people coming into the sport in whatever category you choose to really, you know, figure out what it is that you truly want, have a game plan and execute it properly so that you can have that good experience all around mm-hmm. from your training, from your, your meal prep, from your sleeping, from your posing and the experience on stage. Don't just go in thinking that, Oh, I can turn pro in a year because so-and-so did it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. A lot, lot of people do amazing things. That doesn't mean that's your path. Exactly. And a lot of people have to work for it. And I think working for something and earning that is a hell of a lot more respectful and more uh, rewarding than anything else. Mm-hmm. I like, agree. I've never walked into a show and fucking won. I've busted my ass every single show. And I mean, I'm doing re- really great right now. Like I'm working great with J- uh, JP, Jordan Peters. I mean, I mm-hmm. love working with him. Him and I really work well together. He knows how to push me, vice versa. You know, like it's just a really good um, connection that we have for that. And um, he knows I'm a worker. I'm going to bust my ass. You know, um, no matter what, like I've been up since four o'clock this morning. I mean, every day, but four o'clock gang. Yes. Boom. Because, you know, you get a lot of shit done at that time. Sleeping, cardio, walking. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, But, uh, you know, having, having that good support system as well, that you guys meshed well together and can communicate about anything really does help as well. Like there's no fear. There's no, like we can talk about whatever we need to talk about and communication is huge. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that too is missing in our sport is people aren't communicating. They're just taking it in and doing whatever or doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing when they should be doing this other stuff, you know? So the communication, you got to be straight with your coach, the communication between a a client and a coach or an athlete and a coach, is just like a relationship with a man and a woman or vice versa. Um, It's kind of hard to say that, but no matter what your relationship based, you have to communicate because if you're not communicating, how the hell am I going to know what's going on in your little head or how, what's going on with me? Or if I'm traveling or this, this has happened or my schedule has changed. Like my schedule has changed since the rising Phoenix. So now I'm up at Mm 4am, right? Because clients want to get me in before they start their day because school is back. Right. So, Oh yes. I had to change everything up. So we had to change all my stuff up. Right. So it's important to have that communication. I tried it a week and went, Oh, 
I think we need to, <laughs> we need to, I need to. Well, you know, and, and that, that's exactly it. And that's one of the things that like, I'm always digging in with when I, cause the, I, as a coach, like I'm just online, I don't train people in person. So yeah. kudos to you for managing both because that's hard to do. It's, it is hard to do. I'm not, yeah. it, I mean, it, because it, it, as you know, it's two totally different skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, when you're working online and you don't get to see somebody like you don't get to see their form, you have to ask more questions. You have to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, but when I'm working with my clients and checking in, like I'm always hammering the qualitative stuff. Like, how are you feeling? How are you managing your time? How are you, sh are you, are you stressed? How are you sleeping? All that kind of stuff is just super important. And it's not just about the X's and O's like, Oh, I got in five workouts. I got in all my cardio. I hit my macros. I'm like, okay, that's great. I kind of assume that fuck that, put it all aside. Tell me the stuff that really matters. Yeah. Like, are you sleeping? Did you have an argument with your spouse? Did you, did this happen? Did, you know, because exactly. sometimes those arguments, I'm not, I'm on my own with my dog, but like some people, you know, you have a, you have an argument and that will send you in a fucking tailspin, right? Yeah. So it impacts your mindset. Your mindset governs everything. Exactly. Or if you don't know how to block it off, like I can shut shit off like nobody's business because I've been an athlete my whole life. So mm -hmm. when something, I'm just like, whatever, it's not important. If it doesn't bother me in five minutes, five days, fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Literally. But if it's something that's going to bother me in five minutes, <laughs> I'll address it right away. Yeah. Right. I won't don't let it, don't let it simmer. Don't let it fester. I, will let, I won't let it fester. I will deal with it within the next 15 minutes. Like I'll figure out a way to figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know? and, and if it's um, one of those things that you can't figure out in that short order, it's like psh, put it away or, you know, it's probably just not something that you need to address at all. Yeah. It could be just, I, pr I probably blew it over proportion for no reason. Yeah. Which that, 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 that does happen, especially when you're dieting. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> or I shouldn't call it dieting. It's actually a lifestyle that I choose. Yeah. Yeah. But we and know what you mean. I'm not really, I'm not really dieting. I choose this lifestyle to compete. So it's really my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When you yeah. think about it, because if you put a label on it, then that's, that's when people get all, Oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. I can't go out. Well, I can still do things. If I, I choose it. I, I redefine diet as just the food that you eat. And yeah. so we're all following a diet. We're, we're Some all, of we're it is random. <laughs> We're all eating healthy and the people that aren't eating healthy, well, shame on you. Yeah. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> yeah. Do better. Or, or don't bitch. Don't open your mouth and bitch to me about something. That's exactly. <laughs> it. Do you, do you find with, with your clients that you find a lot of people who approach you and say, I want to compete without a really understanding what that means or what's involved in it, or just thinking of it as like, well, I want to do this once just because it's cool, but not understanding like the process of bodybuilding is something that happens over multiple shows and multiple years and multiple seasons. Do you find that there's a little bit of a disconnect and how do you try and get people to come around to your way of thinking on that? Um, I do have, I do have that question. And sometimes it's not from clients. Sometimes it's from people that when I'm walking in the airport, <laughs> and I, I literally am covered in the airport, like sweatpants, everything. But yeah, so I tend to get that. And it's just, it's literally, I go like this. Do you have education? Did you go to school? Like, what's your career? Like, I ask those kinds of questions. How much time did you put into school? Because whatever you put into your school is what you've got to put in the gym. Really. And you've got to understand that it doesn't happen overnight. You've got to work. Your mindset has to be in. And you have to be balls to the wall and all in. There is no half-assed in this industry. You're either doing it or you're not doing it, in my eyes. So if you want something, you're going to figure out a way how to make it happen. 
And so it's like, as soon as I put those things into perspective, then they go, oh, well, I just thought it was just like a 12 week thing. And I'm like, well, no, it's, it's, everybody's body's different. Some people need 21 weeks, some people need whatever. But if your body is older, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than someone that's young, right? So again, it comes from age and, and, you know, have you ever lifted a weight? Have you, can you, you know? And how quickly can you learn? Yeah. And can you eat something that is structured? Are, Are you a structured person? Because some people, like, oh, I can do this, but they're not structured, right? Yeah. They have yep, no idea what structure. And it's it's discipline, it's structure, it's sacrifice. Like all those words scare people. When you say those words, they kind of get like, what? Like, oh, I didn't, so, I didn't know it meant all that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a mindset, and you know, um, I, and then it go, and then it goes down to how bad you really want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like saying, like, be a lawyer, or do you want to be a school bus driver? That that's exactly what I was going to say. Saying I want to be a bodybuilder is like saying I want to be a lawyer or an accountant. I'm like, yeah. great. Well, you don't spend three months getting ready to do that and then try one case and then call it quits. Like yeah. it takes a long time to get ready for it. And then once you do it, that's the start. Yeah. And, and then, then you got to grow from there. To get, yeah. You're always trying to get better. You're always trying to improve. So every improvement season, I don't really call it an off season because if you're off, that means you ain't doing shit. Yeah. When people yeah. say, oh, I'm on off season, I'm like, oh, so that means you ain't doing shit. You ain't lifting away. You ain't eating clean. You ain't doing whatever. I'm, I'm sleeping it's until noon and I'm eating chocolate every fucking day. That's my yeah, off it's season. It's improvement season because I want to improve my physique for yeah. the next season. Right. And I'm not, I don't want to get too big, meaning I don't want to get fat because if you get too fat, then you really have no muscle that's on there. So when you come down, you're going to look the exact same. And, and also, um, if you're just creating more work for yourself mm-hmm. when it comes time to prep again. Yeah. So it's like, you got to have that fine line. So I'm always like improvement season. Mm-hmm. You're now working in your improvement season, your improvement phase. So we can bring up this and this, you know, like, cause you can't really spot anything, but you can work on everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly I right. Love people like, Oh, I want to, sp- I want to get my stomach and my legs and my arms. I'm like, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I watched I, I, right now I'm addicted to this. Um, Cook yourself skinny from the UK. I don't oh. know. It's, it's an old show, but I'm watching it in cardio and it's like, it's exactly how I think, right? Like there's all this good food, but how can you make it better? Whereas mm-hmm. less calories and, you know, make it for people to like, but then you hear these people like, I don't want to work out. I just want to get skinny. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's a lot of work to be a fat person. And I'm not like, I'm not going to knock them, but honestly, it's a lot of work to be a fat person because, and it's very expensive because mm-hmm. you have to go to doctors and you have to get all this stuff you know there's either medication or you know i'm tired or i can't like injuries but if you're fit and healthy it's not as expensive oh someone must be at the door <laughs> love it um i i think i think ups or the mailman is here that's the problem <laughs> it's all good but um yeah so it's just like it kind of like puts things into perspective when you watch some of these interesting shows that are mm-hmm. on like when you're doing cardio or whatever because i always watch something or i'm listening to a book or something to keep me focused yeah yeah well and um, as bodybuilders we're so ingrained in like the language that we speak in you kind of sometimes forget how I, I would say like civilians um yep. not non-bodybuilders talk about things and it is it is things like i just want to be skinny or oh my belly fat whatever or just that language it's like and it just kind of triggers me a little bit i'm like stop talking like that like 
it's not it's not constructive that doesn't really address it doesn't address the issue and it doesn't set any kind of um precedent for how you're going to go about fixing it yeah and it's it's it's, and and then you hear the laziness well i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that and it's just like but how are you going to better yourself like do you get that from people who are looking to hire you as a coach? Does anybody say like, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not really willing to do A, B, and C to get there. And they try to start the negotiation process with you before anything starts up. I've had a couple of people, but I'm like, you know, we're not a fit. Yeah. I was, and my next I, question I, was I, how I, harsh I, I are you with those people? I literally say, hmm, I will make you cry in the first week. So <laughs> if you want to cry every time you see me, then okay. But I will see through your bullshit. You know, some people are down with that. (laughs) I I have noticed like some people are down to be abused, like legit, not like, like, you know, in a ha ha funny way, but like they want somebody to like beat their ass, like mentally and emotionally. And they like need a good dressing down or something like that. It's kind of weird. I'm not really comfortable being that coach. I'm not really a drill sergeant. I'm more of like a troubleshooter analytical guy. Yeah. Um, I'm like, look, if you need somebody to yell at you, it's not me. I'll be hard on you when I need to. Like if yeah. I know that you're you're slacking and I can tell, or you're taking your check-in photos midday, I had that today. I was like, no, this is bullshit. This doesn't mean shit to me. So you can resubmit your shit tomorrow because I'm not going to look at it. It's a waste. And they're like, what? And I said, I don't give a shit if you're busy. I'm busy too. So you set that time aside. We're all fucking busy. Don't give me the freaking excuse. I'm busy. Well, sorry, the world still spins and we still fucking revolve. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got a lot going on. You know, I have clients competing. I'm doing posing. Like, I have routines for Olympians, myself. Like, but I'm still getting my shit done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, whatever. No, I, uh, I, I completely agree. It's like, you know, the, so much of this stuff is just non-negotiable. And that's what it has to be when you're mm-hmm. doing this. It's like, this isn't stuff that, oh, I kind of need to get this done or I hope I get this done. It's like, no, this is going to fucking happen. And it's going to happen when I plan it to. And other shit has to move around it. Yeah, it's just kind of like always schedule your training to the times that you need, your meals, and everything else falls into place. Yeah. And people don't get that. And even in a even in a job, like, okay, so I'm self-employed, you're self-employed. But even when I worked factory work, I still did the same thing. I knew my schedule for two weeks and I had everything planned out. I would do 12-hour continental shift. I'll go to the gym right after, you know, do my cardio, go home and sleep, like, and start it up. Like, that was just how it was at that time. So I still made shit happen. I still won awards and I still, I still did very well in sport mm-hmm. working, remember, at, uh, working I, in the factory, making machine automotive parts. Yeah. I remember when I was uh, trying to get ready for my first show, this would have been ages ago. Um, but uh, I was a student in college at the time and I was working a part-time job and it was like an hour commute to and from home. And so it's like, I guess I got to get up at four, slam some food down, go to the gym first thing in the morning. And that's my only chance for the day. And you do it. And how many workouts did I miss when I was doing that? Zero. Zero. Yep. Zero. I can count on one hand, the number of workouts I've missed in the last 15 years. It's like, yeah. if it's important, you don't fucking miss it. Yeah. You yeah. figure out a way. Exactly. Um, even flying, even flying in, flying in from the rise of Phoenix, I still train the day I landed. Like, cause I'm getting ready for the yell. Cause you know, cause so you it's just like, I didn't sleep. I slept on the plane, whatever, <laughs> whatever yeah. I had, but I made it happen. You know, um, it's I like, do, do you, do you have time to just write that off as a travel day? No. Okay. Train, make it happen. Cause I messed up my travel. I messed up my travel day. I mean, it happens. Yeah. You, know? you did or the airlines did. I did because <laughs> 
I'm not used to having connecting flights. I'm used to having direct. Mm. And I flipped the page over and I saw the, the second flight. And I'm like, oh, I still have time. I can wait for this Uber, you know? 30 minutes later, I'm like, dude, you're, where are you? Like, shit, you can't be like, it's like 15 minutes to the airport. What's going on? Um, but I mean, oh. it happens, right? So they were, everyone was accommodating and helped me get out, but I was on the next 18 hours behind, right? Jeez. Oh. So you have your food and you make things work. Yeah. Do what you can. You know, you always pack extra food because you never know. It, it, you for never exactly that know. reason. For exactly that reason. I always pack extra food for that. If I have to get vegetables somewhere, I'll pick up a salad and, I'll negotiate my food with that, but yeah, um, always <laughs> negotiate your food with that. I love I'll, that. I'll negotiate my food with a salad. Like I'll have a salad because, blah, blah, blah. but, um, but yeah. So I mean, shit happens. You make you just roll with the punches and just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Is at the back of your head, it's always that that same thing. How bad do you want? Non-negotiable. Want? Yeah, it, it's non-negotiable. Yep. So you did the Rising Phoenix. Was that two weeks ago? Uh yes. Two weeks ago. How'd that go? It went really well. Um, I was very happy with the fact that I, well, I was always, I'm always aiming for a first call. Out. Like who isn't right. Yeah. Even for the Olympia, I'm aiming for first call out, but I was on the top of the second call out. So that was really good for me. Like six ish, um, something like that. I came seventh. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, I might be six. I might, you know, it was hard to tell. Um, that was a tough group though. It was very, it was a very tough, tough group. Like I haven't had an easy season, but I've, I've, being consistent and getting better. I say, I say to Jordan, I'm aging like a good wine. Like, <laughs> I get better each show. And yeah. I just, I tend, I just do. Um, I just said it's f- five shows this year. It's going to be be my fifth show. Yeah. Whew, man. Last year I did five shows as well. Um, I try not to do that many shows that the goal was not to, but um, when you're trying to get that Olympia qualification, I was going to ask if that was for qualification purposes. Yeah. Okay. Different tiers shows give you different points. So th- this is kind of a convoluted thing. And so for everybody out there, I was wondering if you could kind of step us through the basics on how that point system works to qualify for the Olympia. Okay. So it's, it's the top three people. So anyone that wins a show automatically qualifies for the Olympia. So um, the people that won like Andrea Shaw, all the top uh, five go right to the Olympia. And if you, if you place in the Olympia a certain level the year before, you're automatically requalified for the next year. Yes, and then you don't you don't have to do another show. You can just focus on that show. Kind yeah, of which is a um, gift. Yeah, it's a gift. And same <laughs> with the Rising Phoenix, usually, um, but we still all apply. Yeah, you know, to keep it fair, we still all apply. And um, there's different shows that have different point systems. So high end shows, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but sure. high end shows are Tampa, New York, um, the Arnold's Chicago. No, Chicago, not Chicago. I think Chicago is. I think so like Chicago, is. Omaha might be a tier down, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Everybody has their tiers, right? Okay. Um, so depending on your placings is where you get your points. Okay. So if say you come second in Tampa, you would get eight points. I don't have a clue what that was, but my computer, since I got it back, does these things. It's so some kind of poltergeist or something. Yeah, it's like there's a ghost in my computer. Yeah. Um, and then six uh, six points for a third place, that kind of stuff that goes down at a high tier show. Um, but it is on the NPC or the IFBB website. Okay. Like they got it all spelled out there. And once you get a certain number of points, then you're qualified and you're in. Yeah. So you want to be on the top, top ranking because it's the top three mm-hmm. of the points that qualify to go up. 
okay. to go in. So I was um, 11 and then I, I did Savannah and got came second. So that brought me up to like 15 points. Okay. This is 14 or 15 points. So um, I'm up there. And so all my contracts and everything are in. Sweet. All right. So, all right. <laughs> falling forward. Yeah. Falling upward. Oh, my God. I Bud mean, Lightyear, is that Buzz Lightyear? Onward and upward. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to ask you, like, with this being your fifth show of the year, um, and you can be honest, you can be totally honest. How fucking tired are you right now? Because that's a lot of shit in a year. Honestly, I'm going to be totally straight with you. This year, it has been a fucking dream. It's just everything's clicking this year. And it's, and like I said, working with a coach that gives you that time, mm-hmm. bounce back. Um, I'm resting more. I'm training hard. Like I'm training hard, like how I did when I was a rookie. Like mm-hmm. it's the same kind of style. So it's like, it's like I'm back in my roots where I yeah. started from. And that's where I felt good lifting heavy and being strong. So it's kind of, it's a blessing to be working with Jordan. Honestly, I, that's cool. I can't say enough about him. I met him back in 2015 here in Tampa at the gym through my friend, Scott Stevenson. And then it just all kind of worked out, um, that we were going to work together. And I was truly grateful and blessed for it. And you've been with him since then? Since, well, I've been with him since, um, February. So it hasn't been a full year yet, but I'm excited to even work our improvement season together. Yeah. I, I love that because I'm so busy with everybody else that it's important to have a coach. Like I Agreed. coached myself, I've coached myself before on the pro stage. And honestly, it's a fucking nightmare because well, you're second and triple guessing yourself and there's all this chatter and you're busy with clients and then you miss your stuff, but you're taking care of them. No, like I have to answer to him and then I deal with my people. So I, my- I have a lot of people who are surprised that I have a coach and I'm like, uh, don't be surprised because as a coach, I understand the value in having a good one. Yeah. And, and I know what a good coach truly, can do for you. It's truly a godsend when it is really yeah. like it's truly like amazing because otherwise yeah. you are destined to be your own worst client. <laughs> and trust me, I did well. I think I came fifth, fourth or fifth on the pro stage at Tampa, but I could have been better if I mm-hmm. could stay out of your head. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm very mind strong. Like, I'll work through anything, any kind of pain, whatever. Well, and, and and one other thing to consider is you can come in looking better at a show than you have in the past and place worse for any variety of reasons. And so you can't just say like, oh, well, I was I was seventh here. And at this show, I was third last year. So clearly I'm worse. I'm like, maybe the field was better. Maybe you're just having you know an off day or whatever. I mean, there's a million things that can go into affecting that. And I love how people always go. Oh, you look great. Blah, 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 blah. You win the show. You don't know who's coming up on the show. No. Like a picture. So back in the day when I competed, we didn't have social media. You didn't know who the hell you were going up. <laughs> so you had to bring your freaking A game 24-7. Like you knew someone was fucking training harder than you. You knew someone was doing something. You know what I mean? But you had no clue because we didn't have, we had email and the magazines would come out two months after we competed. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you get the information two months after we competed. Yeah. A little, little delayed like, oh, gratification there. You see that? Like, but that was from two months ago. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. But um, so we didn't have a clue who we were going up against. Like we never had the list out. Nothing. We, we just showed up and that's when we saw who we were competing with. Mm-hmm. You and know, no idea how, how they're going to show up, what kind of condition they're going to be no, in or anything like that. Nothing. Yeah. You had no idea. And I w- I've always been one of those athletes always covered. You never know what I look like until I take my shit off. Mm-hmm. I've always been like that. I've always, 
I've always been like that. And I'm that, I don't that true in the gym too. You stay covered up there. Always. Yeah. yeah. The only time I ever take it off is if I have to shoot a video um, for a sponsor or I'm trying to demonstrate something, then yeah. I will. But 90% of the time I'm in like capris and a sweatshirt. Element of surprise. Yeah. I always keep people guessing, but um, yeah, back in the day we didn't have that media. So we had no idea. Right. Then Facebook came out and then, you know, things, people started posting stuff and, uh, you know, now it's just like everybody's the, Oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. But until you're up on the stage, you don't know who's, who's coming in. There, there is this like, phenomenon, you yourself, but until you're standing on a line, you might not look good. There's this phenomenon where somebody will post a picture of some pro and usually it's some open men's bodybuilder or something like that. Look at so-and-so they're looking really sharp. I'm like, everybody looks like Mr. Olympia when they're standing by themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you, you put them in a lineup and you realize like, Oh, they aren't all that special next to these other people. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, okay. And then you got to go, depending on who's coming on the stage, are they going to go bigger, smaller or medium? Mm-hmm. Like it depends on how many people are on the stage looking a certain way. We'll pick the class. Yeah. Right? And the so, emphasis is, is it more on size, more on conditioning? And it, it all depends on yeah. how many, if, if more of the class class is soft, then sometimes they'll go with the softer look. Mm-hmm. But if the class is more harder, they're going to go with the harder look. So it depends on, say, say there's seven people that are hard as a rock, but there's only three that are soft. They're going to go with the hard. As a competitor, does that drive you fucking insane that it's not consistent? Or are you just kind of numb to it at this point? I'm kind of so used to it. I just keep bringing in the best package. If I can keep bettering myself and they see that I'm doing the work, then I've done my job. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, because I'm always improving. And I know what they're looking for. They want, they want, they like the consistency. So if you're consistent and keep coming in better and better and better and bringing in a better, better, tighter package, then that's what they'll reward you. Yeah. They won't well, reward you for just being on stage. They're going to reward you because you've actually done the work. You've listened and you're just continuing to get continuing, sorry, to get better um, every time. Yeah. And I think it helps also at the pro level where, you know, you're a known quantity uh, and uh, it's a lot of the same judges that you see over and over again as well. Um, and I think there's a certain level of anonymity at the amateur level where it's harder to benefit from something like that. Like, well, like you can be really consistent and bring it, but you know, you're one of like, you know, 300 people at this show that nobody's ever seen before. And it's like, it's really easy to get lost in the crowd. <laughs> but unless you come out with good stage presence and you catch yeah. up on the stage presence. So it's, it's, it's not just about what you do in the gym. It's how you show yourself on stage. If you can show yourself on stage properly to bring out all your best assets, they're going to remember you. I, so I made this point. And- are very shy and insecure. They ain't going to look at you. They want the confidence right out the gate. Yeah. Right I- out the gate. I made this point in an episode one or two episodes ago where bodybuilding is kind of a weird thing because all of the stuff that you do to get ready for a show is not what you do when you're actually on stage. It's a completely different skill presenting your physique than it is building it. And so uh, this, this is a good transition because, of course, with you, we need to talk about posing. We need to talk about presentation because you are, as you, as you claim to be, the posing Jedi master. So, and I, th- I, think that's, that's a, I think that's a well-earned title. Thank you. Actually, somebody named me that, and it just kind of like went. Like, first it was posing queen. I'm like, yeah, uh, no. That's kind of lame. I'm kind of totally different because I work with every class and I work with men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm honored to have that title. And I take pride in posing like for every category. I want every athlete, like I pose girls that I compete against. Mm-hmm. And I still pose them 100% like how I'd pose anybody. 
Yeah. Like, you're a client. I want to give you the best service I can possibly give you so that you understand what you're doing. And that's just integrity, which is kind of a missing element in bodybuilding a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very like that. And I always have been like that. And I think that <sighs> that's how I stand out too above the rest. And the fact that I'm always my unique self, like I'm just mm-hmm. totally authentic. Like this is me. Like, Love it or leave it. I never <laughs> um, some people want to leave it, but a lot of people want to love it. So um, <laughs> that's okay. Nobody can be for everybody. That's fine. Oh, and that's fine. Like not everybody's going to get along. But that's why I mean we're a melting pot, right? We take what we can get from whoever we are with. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really it's really the stage presence that makes people stand out above the rest. Like you can have the best physique, and I remember Steve Weinberger saying this a long time ago when I actually competed physique um, back in twenty. 13, 14, I think it was mm-hmm. when female bodybuilding was kind of transitioning out. They told yeah. me I should cross over. So I did it for like you a know, year, for a year and a half. It was okay. I placed yeah. that 15, you know, I can pull it off, but it, I missed lifting my heavy weights. Yeah. You know? I was really broad and then I, I came down small. So now I'm trying to bring that back. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of tough to bring that back after you've been gone from it, but it's coming. And uh, I remember him saying, it doesn't matter. I mean, your conditioning can be good, but if you can't showcase it, who then cares? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really about, and he mentioned this again a while ago, it's really about the confidence. You need to have those quarter turns on point. You need to have those poses on point, blah, blah, blah. Like that's what they want with the conditioning and the balance. Like it's, it's the whole package. So if you're missing one element, there's a problem. So a yeah. lot of people will always focus on everything that's going in the kitchen and in the gym, but they forget about their stage presence. So when it comes to show day, they look like a, a deer in freaking headlights. Yeah. And I, you can, you can have the best physique. And if you don't know how to pose it, you're fucked. Or if you have a very mediocre physique, but your presentation is awesome, you can go all the way to the top. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's very important and people don't realize that they need to pose every day. Mm-hmm. And it's important to work with somebody at least once a week or once every two weeks, depending on, on how you learn. And if you have someone to help you like to drill your timing. Like, I've and and if you, that. if you can do it on your own, if you're, if you're not there with somebody like over video or whatever, can yeah. you do it on your own as well on the other days? <laughs> yeah. And I have a lot of people I can't. So I'm, I'm hit up from all over the globe, which is yeah. very awesome. Like I can actually say I'm global. I I have a big question for you when it comes to posing. So a few of them, actually, this is one for me because I would say this applies to me. If you get somebody who's a little bit more shy and reserved and like is just naturally kind of smaller with their movements and isn't super confident, like maybe they've got a great physique, but they're just like, they're not super coordinated or super body aware. And they're just kind of shy and a little drawn in, like maybe a massive introvert. Um, uh-huh. How do you pull someone like that out of their shell? How do you get them to open up a little bit and be more of what the judges are looking for? Well, one, I, I talk to them a lot and I do a lot of my muscle connection. So everything we do in the gym, actually, we do on the stage, literally. So if you're doing a bug double bicep, what exercise is that? That's a lap pull down. You're doing a side chest. That's a one arm row. If you're doing a tricep, that's a tricep push down. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything comes in. So if you don't have the mind-muscle connection when you're posing, how are you going to pose that on stage? Like if you're not feeling it and connecting to the movement in the body like you do when you're in the gym or you're supposed to do in the gym, I should say, because some people just don't get the mind-muscle connection, period. But when you're doing an exercise in the gym and you're feeling it, you need to feel that on stage because we're not in front of a, we're not in front of a mirror. So you have to be able to go by feel. 
I always go by feel. And when I pose each client, I ask them, what are you feeling in this pose? When they hit the pose correctly, I'm like, what do you feel? Now I want you to remember that and drill it in your head. And then once they start doing that, then the confidence starts coming out. And I so never the, tell, the confidence I never really just comes from. Person, you never tell a small person to pose big. Uh, you need to, that's, that's a mistake because then the legs go out wide and they try to make, and then they look fugly on stage. They're not helping their physique at all. They try to turn themselves into a blowfish and just make themselves bigger when it's not there. Yeah, and it, it's it's not possible, and it, this looks hilarious. I hate to say it. And it's just it's literally just having the coordination and understanding the turns, um, understanding how to move. So getting your body – and I have little tricks that I use with everybody. Um, I have a little breathing technique that I use with people, some people that are nervous. I have, like – I kind of see how they – how their brain works, and then I work accordingly to what they need. So everybody I pose has something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why people are like, well, why don't you do a book or a video? And I, trust me, I've been trying for years, but the way how I teach, I teach everybody differently. So I can't just do it. Here's a basic way how to pose. Yeah. Because yeah. that's going to be kind of washy, wishy-washy in my eyes. Um, I'll, I'll do a small little video and do a tip, but then you're better off to contact me so I can help you get Try and do a full book. It's like people always ask me, like, what's your approach on macros? I'm like, well, my approach is to throw a set of numbers at you, see how you respond to it, and then change them accordingly. Yeah, it's like you always want to you always start with something basic and then work from there. Yeah. And so no matter you, what you do. Your, your approach for confidence building sounds like it's more about small successes, focusing on that mind-muscle connection, get them to do something right, get them to recognize that they're doing it right, and then it kind of grows from there. Yeah, it grows. You don't just get confidence, you know, and it could be, you know, some back in the day, I worked with somebody that was always put down all the time. So I had to learn how to teach them how to pull themselves up. Mm-hmm. So I'm also a life coach on top of it. So you kind of get like the best of both worlds with me because I can tweak all, I can pull all that shit that's going on and teach them how to f- deal with that while they're posing as well. So it's kind of like you get the best of both worlds with me when you work with me, because I can help you work on those small things or people that think that it's a big problem, which really is a small problem. And the way how I teach around it um, makes them flourish. And then they do really, really well. I think that any good bodybuilding coach kind of needs to be a, a life coach and maybe like a really, really cheap low rent therapist as well to some extent. Yeah, like a hairdresser. You know? Exactly. A hairdresser yeah, has exactly the, same, it. the same thing as well. Yeah, because we deal with a lot of a lot of stuff. And I'm lucky, like I shouldn't say lucky. I would put myself through school for all that. Um, and I'm still taking a lot of other life coaching courses to better my craft with that as well. Um, but it does help. Like everybody needs that little bit of help. Because mm-hmm. honestly, bodybuilding is a lonely sport. It's not a team sport. It's, no. it's a one person. Sport. Even if you're part of a team, you're still by, you're still on your own. <laughs> Gymnastics is the same thing. Yes. We compete as a team from time to time, but it's really an individual sport. Mm-hmm. You're getting judged on your own self and, and your own skills. So it's the same kind of thing. So I've kind of went from gymnastics for team Canada over to bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and dance, like everything kind of meshed together. Mm-hmm. and choreography and the way i do routines too is i give them a big questionnaire i do a phone call or i talk like how we're talking right now see what they really want so i can get into their head so i can pull out what they are trying to express and then i express it for them and then teach them how to bring in the passion and bring in the story or bring in whatever depending on what they're wanting to showcase yeah. Um, yeah. for that routine so i've had a a lot of success with that obviously um I'll do the videos and then I, once they approve it, like I don't take 
honestly, I'm one of those people. I don't take offense. If you don't like how I post something, just say it. I don't, I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm just going to be like, okay, let me just go back and rework this part. Start again. Yeah. I I mean, no any, anytime you're doing something creative, you have to be open to feedback like that. Yeah. People. And I'm totally like, I'm like a duck. It can roll off my back. I yeah. don't take any offense to it. Because, um, you know, some people like sense things a certain way, vice versa. Like I'm working on a very uh, classical piece for a six-year-old pro. I'm so excited to work on it with her. Um, and it's all classic. Classic movements, classic dance, all that kind of stuff. So it's very exciting. But if she doesn't like something, she's going to damn well tell me. I ain't going to take offense and I'm going to fix it. So then yeah. once I'm done with that, I actually voice over. So it's like I'm actually there with them and I talk them through the routine. Oh, cool. So I, I've, I've totally changed how I do my routines with clients and the feedback I'm getting from them is just awesome. Like, it's just like, they're like, Oh my God, I totally got it. Like, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, some people are a little bit slower and then they come down to Tampa and work with me a little bit longer. But um, yeah, I've worked with people like New Zealand, China, Russia, Canada, United States, like all over the place for routines and stuff. Bodybuilders without borders. Bodybuilders without borders. Well, the, the, this this kind of I mean this this is exactly what um, one of the questions that I got through Instagram was. Um, Melody Johnson asked, "Could you share a bit about your creative process as it relates to posing routine creation?" So it sounds like you really kind of dig in on each individual person. You just don't have like a stock library of like, okay, we need to do this, this, this. No, this. no, not one thing is the same. I might have a couple trademark um, styles that I do or how I flow, but. Um, as somebody called me, it was so funny. We're backstage at the Rising Phoenix and somebody said, you know, you've got a different style, kind of like um, Melvin Anthony and all those guys, the old school bodybuilders. You have this, this mm -hmm. style. And I said, well, we all should really have a style of yeah. our own self. I said, um, I thank you for that. Like, I take pride in that because I am a I, I am a veteran when you think about it. I've been around for a long time. It's kind of so, like, you know, you, you can recognize Eric Clapton playing the guitar, but he plays a yeah, lot of different songs. Exactly. <laughs> but you can tell his style, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like the same with me. I have many different styles that I do. Um, and it's it really comes down to what the, what the client, when the athlete wants. Like, mm -hmm. I just did a country one, too, as well. I haven't done country music in, like, forever. And, I mean, I did that old, yeehaw, like, because that's what they wanted. Because when I watched the move and they did their uh, compulsories um, and sent it to me so I could see how they're moving, it was like, oh, yeah, you don't you don't have a girly, girly bone in your body. So I got to mm -hmm. make it a little bit more fun I, and get up and go kind I, of routine that's simple. With I, I was going to ask about that because I was thinking like, okay, if, if I hired you to put a routine together for me and I, and I sent you like a video of me kind of going through some compulsories or whatever so you can kind of see how I move um, – does it ever happen then where it's like, okay, here's the routine. And then you see me perform it back and you're like, oh shit, no, that doesn't work at all. Like you are not as coordinated or as fluid as I thought you were. We need to dumb this down a little bit. Like I, I would struggle with anything that has me doing anything too elaborate. Like it's gotta be like, I walk over here and do this. Uh, okay. And it's gotta be like really kind of dumb and simple, like a Flintstones kind of routine for me. Well, you think that's what you can do. I, I absolutely do. think that, but, but you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Honestly, there's ways that you can, teach yourself to be better um because i have had a couple male pros go oh yeah i'm like two left feet but then once i teach them how to step into it and how to feel the music and flow with the music then it's a totally different ball game hmm. so it's, you've got to pick the song that moves you it's not what moves the audience yeah so a lot of people always pick the high songs you know acdc shit you all night long like american woman like all these you know old 80 songs or whatever and um 
really it's what moves you. It's what you feel because it's, um, it's an expression of who you are. So if you, if you move blocky like that, there's ways to pose that and still make it soft. Mm-hmm. It's all transitions and how you transition into it um, and how the music flows and how it is cut. I use a professional. I sit down actually and pick all the best parts of the song. And then I put it together. I already visualize what I want to do with after the person has sent me their information. And I sit in my office, this is my office, and I fill around with it and I start working on it. And then I'll go into my studio. You ever tell people like, this is the wrong song? Oh, I totally have. Okay. (laughs) I totally have. People people send me links. Um, Sometimes there are songs that are so monotonous and boring. I'm not going to laugh. I lie that I'm just like, you'll put somebody to sleep no matter how good I make this work. It's the song has no passion. It has no power. It's the same tempo, same beat. Like I said, that's more like a kindergarten, honestly. <laughs> and and I'm totally blunt. They're like, well, you're the expert at this. So I'm totally going to trust you. So sometimes they need, you know, different places where to go look for music. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my variety of music on my phone is retarded. Like I could be, I could be training and I'll hear a song that will, I'm like, oh, that'll work for so-and-so. I'll take a screenshot and send it to them. I say, hey, listen to this. And I just found their music for them with, with me training. Hmm. You know? And they're like, oh, I want the instrumental version. I'm like, okay, well, we can find that. Yeah. I don't want words in it. Okay, we can, that's easy. Yeah, you know, Karaoke, so like, karaoke and, track. And, and then I just find the, you know, the right blends to make it go. Like, once mm-hmm. I find out what their favorite poses are and all this, like, I have a detailed questionnaire that I send out to everybody I work with. Oh, cool. And so I go in, I really go into depth. I've actually taken, taken the posing into another level. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because I want to know absolutely everything you want in your routine. I sit down and have a call with you, figure it out, boom. I, well, I get the music cut, send it to them, they proof it. And it, it's, it, it's, it's definitely a lost art. Like I was having this conversation with my wife the other day and she, she's not in the bodybuilding world um, at all, but um, I've got a show coming up in seven weeks. And so oh, okay. she's, she's trying to make arrangements like, okay, I'm going to come down and we're going to go with you. And, and I'm like, you don't need to go to prejudging end finals. That's a lot for a non bodybuilder to sit through. So like, what, which do you want me to go to? I'm like, go to prejudging because what I told her is you go to finals. There's a lot of posing routines to sit through and there are only so many amateur bodybuilding poses routines that any one human being can sit through even i can't sit through them i mean it's well i, well, I, I would imagine not it's like i have a hard time a, i have a hard time watching it's like, like being a classically mu- tra- trained musician going and like you know watching a third grade orchestra concert it's like you know there's a certain level of charm to it but you're like i can't listen to this i mean you can only listen you can only <laughs> i can only watch for a certain amount of time and then i have to leave and then come back i feel and like it, that there should almost be a little bit of like a uh uh, a trial run or something. Cause if the posing routines are supposed to be 90 seconds, they, they let the guys move and they're like, okay, you get 15 seconds, you get 30 seconds. Oh, you get 90 seconds. Yeah. You get 10 seconds. Cause you suck. Nobody needs to see 90 seconds of you. But it's, actually, it's actually supposed to be all 60 seconds now. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Because they changed that because there's too many athletes coming up. Well, yeah, 90 so seconds is too damn long. So I support seconds, that. They, they took 90 seconds out even for um, nationals. Okay. Well, good. I support 60, that fully. 60 to 70, I believe. Okay. Well, shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to edit my music down now. <laughs> yeah, just thought I'd let you know because I had to I had to confirm that with a couple of judge, head judges just because I wanted to make sure because 
clients were like, well, I went on the, the site and it said this. And I'm like, yeah, but the judges are saying this. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like I, I, even if it's not required, I would cut my music down to 60 seconds just as a favor to the, uh, uh, the audience. Like y'all don't need to sit through this. I'm going to shorten it up just for everyone's benefit. We're going to try and move this along faster. So this show can be done before one in the morning. Yeah. Cause, cause what happens is it, it, they were getting too long. Yeah. And I think some people were not, um, you know, t- stopping it the right way. Mm-hmm. And so then the music was, was, wow. wait, the music was going, someone just delivered something. Yeah. We okay. both had that happen here. And now he's scared. <laughs> um, and so, um, so that's where they came up with that, you know, let's do only uh, 60 seconds because there's too many, too many people coming up. Mm-hmm. Wasting too, it's, it's not wasting too much time, but it, 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 it kind of is, kind of is, especially, you know, at an NPC show, nobody's judging those routines. And they should be judging routines. I they think should it, be. I think they should be judging it because you can actually showcase your physique a lot more. And, well, I don't and, and why do it if you're not going to judge it? Yeah, and your 30 second routine should not be anything from your routine. I it hate when people get on the floor and fucking roll around. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is prejudging. What the fuck are you doing on the floor? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, people are like, oh, I'm under my chance. I like, hell you are. Not under my watch. No. You know, I'm just, I'm blunt because it's very unprofessional. And I'm about stage presence. I'm about poise. Like, mm-hmm. like hit, you, hit your mandatories. Show off. Hit your mandatories, but, but do it in a way where it showcases who you are, brings yeah. up your personality a bit. So you're not a robot, but it, you flow nicely for your physique. That yeah. means your conditions are on point. You're executing your poses and everything is there. And then your confidence is there because that's when you're going to get the first call out. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can execute that properly, then, then you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Hopefully that answered that question. Did it, I answer that absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have two more questions for you and then I'll let you go. You mentioned a while back when it comes to training, you said you're resting more. Um, So does that mean like more days off, lower volume, both or something else entirely? Um, So kind of like it's kind of flip flopped a little bit. Um, Heavy, heavier weight, but I get a day off where I'm not training at all. So back in the day, I would train like five, six days a week or seven days a week. I never Mm -hmm. missed a workout. I got to keep going. Got to keep going. You know, you got to you can't miss a workout. But then your body gets tired and fatigued and you got so much damn inflammation in your body that your body can't respond. You can't recover. Right. So I use my rest days as my recovery days. So um, right now going into the Olympia, I'm going two days on one day off one day Um, or it's two days on one day off, one day on one day off. Like it's kind of like it's changed a bit. So I push pull legs kind of thing. But I like it a lot better. And that's how I trained years ago. Like I'm talking like way back. What I find is the older I get, the more rest days become my favorite. Um, well, yeah, the first time it was hard because I was so used to being, I need to be at the gym. I need to train, but yeah, I need to go seven days a week. Like here I am having a meeting with you today. Today was my rest day. I did physio, get some groceries, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay, I can do this today. Yeah. 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 Thank you for being available by the way. Yeah, for sure. And then I'll do my cardio when we're done go for a walk, do whatever, get set for the next day, mm-hmm. you know? But back in the day, it was just like constant, constant, constant. And then you wonder why your physique is looking not so good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because you're overtraining, you're overtired, not getting enough rest. Right. The, the r- routine I'm on right now is Mondays and Fridays is rest days. Um, 
which is great because I train on the weekends. I don't have work commitments, so I'm a little bit more free then. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So um, the, the rest days, though, they're just nice, relaxed, decompression days. Um, today is a full rest day. It's my first day not doing cardio in like six weeks. So like, needs. sometimes you can take those two or three days off while you're prepping. God, I, I slept in an hour and a half today. I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself. It was like, holy crap, this is amazing. But tomorrow's workout is going to feel great. Yeah, because you're going to be well rested. Yeah. So my days are my off days are always different. Mm-hmm. I never have a Wednesday and a Friday. It's yeah, if you follow that two on, one on, one on, one off. Whenever is when I'm off. So I have to have it in my schedule. Yeah. And all my training is highlighted purple because that's my color. <laughs> all my client like posing is red like everything i have in my calendar is literally color-coded so i know where i have to be what mindset i have to be that's the- my coaching is this color, and, and this my dog is this color you know like everything i love that I- your dog is on your calendar yes my dog is on the calendar that's gets- awesome and um i'm a non-profit too as well because i have my best friend and i have an animal refuge as well so tomorrow, that's awesome i'm out on the farm picking up a pig. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if I'm not in the gym and I'm not posing, I'm out there fixing the farm and, you know, making animals safe. And, and that's all that. so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Kudos to you, Janine Lankowski, friend of animals everywhere. Yeah. Friend to animals. <laughs> I love animals. They don't talk back really like the odd bark, but yeah, um, they, love you unconditionally. they love you unconditionally. And that's what I love about them. Is they, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a shitty day. They always love you. Yep. Yep. We need that love in the world. Honestly. Yeah, we do. So I have, I have one more question. It's actually, uh, I'm harking back to one of the first things I asked you and you cleverly dodged this question. How many shows have you done? You know what? I'd have to Google myself. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Okay. Let's see if we can narrow it down more than 50. Oh, hell yeah. More than a hundred. No. Somewhere between 50 and a hundred. Somewhere between 50 and 100. That, that's close enough for me. That, that, that gives some perspective. I'd have to, literally, I'd have to Google myself. But when I said more than 100, you had to think about it for a second. So it tells me it's, it's probably closer to 100 than 50. Yeah, could, I'll text you the answer. Okay. <laughs> I will actually, I actually have a printout on my computer. Okay. All right. You can keep yeah, track I of needed, stuff. I needed to submit it to something, all my shows I've done. Mm. So I could, uh, and my website's not up to date. Because every time I try to do it and I hit the save button, I don't hit the other save button, so it deletes it. So oh, like, God. Websites. Uh, sometimes I wonder why I even have one. You know, <laughs> th- this is the worst part of being a, uh, a one-person business is you have to be your own webmaster as well. And I'm like, good God. So uh, frustrating. No yeah. matter what. Like, And I could have, I spent all this time and I'm like, I saved it. I called my buddy. I said, I totally saved because it's not there. Did you hit the other save and not the other one? Like, you have to. Like, there's multiple layers of save. What the hell is this I'm crap? Like, what? I didn't even know. Uh, I, I feel your pain in a very, like, very deep and personal way. It's the worst. It's that's the worst part, honestly. I it wish is. I could hire somebody for all that. That and yeah. booking my schedule, but you know, one day, one day in the very near future. <laughs> you gotta outsource that stuff. Outsource the little simple things. So uh how can people find you if they're looking for you online? Um, Instagram, really. Janine underscore muscle underscore coach or the posing Jedi master. All right, cool. They, they can find you also if they just search for your name, I think so. Oh yeah. If you just Google my name, you'll find, cool. I'm not hard to find, honestly, <laughs> spell it correctly and you'll find. It. That's the thing. As a coach, you don't want to make yourself hard to find. I'm pretty easy. I'm yeah. Pretty easy to find. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I answer pretty much everybody's messages. Um, even when they come in day of show, I 
if I don't message them because I'm stepping on stage, I message them like <laughs> immediately after or one moment about to hit the stage. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody actually do that. And That's uh, funny. they are now a client. So <laughs> I mean, uh, things, things happen at the weirdest times, different time zones. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't knew I was competing, but thought I was already done because the time zone difference. I tell you what, the people that really get me are the people in Australia. Um, cause it's like not even the same day for them. <laughs> I think, yeah. Today head ahead and Hawaii is a little bit different too. in China, uh, China Hawaii is, is weird. Yeah. China is 12 hours apart. So mm-hmm. I would post they're like any Sunday morning at 9am and I'm like, Oh, Saturday night for me. at Yeah. <laughs> So I always have to like, I have honestly on my phone, multiple places like England, China, Australia, Hawaii, like all the major hubs where I have clients so that I can look it up and go, okay, they're not in bed yet. So I can hit them up for that. I I always wanted to make a shirt that said time zone math is the worst math. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's just going three hours the other way. Yeah. Messes me up. Like I can travel there and have no problem. It's coming back that I feel. Horrible. Like I felt horrible, honestly, a week after the show. I have tremendous anxiety if I'm trying to schedule an interview or an appointment with somebody that's in central time. Cause I'm like, okay, it's an hour off. I got to make sure I go in an hour in the correct direction here. Hold on. And I got to think about it. Acuity scheduling, they can book it from there <laughs> and it does the time zones for you. So it stays on your time zone, but it goes to theirs. That's, that's what I need. That's what I need. Super easy. <laughs> honestly, that is a lifesaver. Well, Janine, this has been awesome. I appreciate it. Um, Sit tight here for a second. I'm going to say farewell to everybody in podcast land. We'll be back probably next week with something else. Um, Say thank you to uh, my guest here, Janine Lankowski, but we'll check in back with you next week. 